Before we get into today's game scoop, let's take a moment for a shout out to our sponsor, Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create an awesome website, connect with your audience, and sell anything all in one place, all on your terms. With Squarespace, you can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream. You design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. You can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or most popular products. Ready to get started? Head over to squarespace.com gamescoop for a free trial. And when it's showtime, use our special promo code gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, hey. and Dan Stapleton. Oi. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about this hot new uh, handheld video game console that's coming next year. It's very is that high why Dan's t- here? Yep, that's why Dan's here. <laughs> so he's here for that. We're going to talk about game demo discs and what happened to them. Oh, cool. But first, let's begin with an interesting question posed to us from our friend Holden Hints in Las Vegas, Nevada. And first of all, what do you think about the name Holden Hints? For someone who lives in Las Vegas. That's kind of is amazing. It, is it real? That's what, That was my question. It sounds like a, I also like think a, he should be a game yeah, guide writer. sounds like a guide writer to me. What's the <laughs> Vegas connection? If you're holding. Oh, yeah, holding. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, these hints. these books, How to Win at Video Games, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, are holding hints. Yeah, yeah they right certainly here. are. <laughs> Open up a random page. Give us a random, okay. random gem. This is from Volume 3. Yeah, I have these out because I'm reviewing the Castlevania collection, and mm-hmm. it, it has really hard stuff in it. Yeah. So let's look at the review of Hydlide. Oh, good. <laughs> this is what I buy. This is what Very I Very early action Not RPG. Not tips. I'm going to skip the tip section. The yeah. rating. This game tries hard to be like the two Link adventures. It yeah. has that same look and theme. In some ways, it succeeds. The game is complex with a sprawling terrain. In other ways, it fails. Until you reach the castle, the monster fights are pretty dull. <laughs> Challenge B, graphics C, sound effects C, Someone's been listening to John Williams' Indiana Jones March. <laughs> what? That was their review of the music? Yeah. It's a Japanese like, early action. I got to hear this now. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway. Oh, here's here's just a quick tip for you. Okay? okay. Good, good, good. If you want to start the game with most of the weapons as well as the Wasp Land Fairy, use the password Y N V N H N L H H. Hold on. Nine X D A R L six. Got it. We have a listener. We have a listener with a very extensive collection of NES games, and he always plays an NES game that we talk about on each episode. And Aww. friend, I, I don't recommend you play Hydlide if you if you uh, own that cartridge. I bet we'll a B talk for about, challenge. That game's fine. I bet we'll talk about a better NES game at some point in this show. Anyway, Holden Hints in Las Vegas says I was thinking about what a ten out of ten means. A lot of people have rated video games 10s, but don't think they're perfect. However, if you raise the stakes to 100, I think anyone who rates a video game 100 out of 100 realizes they truly believe it's a perfect game for them. Mm. So the stakes are raised as we increase the rating system exponentially. Do you think if every major gaming critic changed their rating scale to 100 rather than 10, that we would have more reflective scores of their feelings with the extra precision of 97s, 98s out of 100? Also, would you rate your favorite game of all time 100 out of 100 minus Halo 3? And it's certainly a perfect game for me. Well, <laughs> let's ask our own Dan Holden Hint, Holden, no, Holden <laughs> Scores <laughs> Stapleton. <laughs> yeah, it's a very complicated question that we wrestle with all the time. Uh, we actually deliberately go out of our way to, like, when we define what a 10 means on IGN, we, we say this is not a perfect game because we don't think a perfect game exists. Um, yeah, a perfect game would be all things to all men. And women, and there is just is not that is doesn't exist. There's, well, there's no such game. I think <coughs> Super Mario Bros. Three. I, I mean, yeah, obviously it's the asterisk of excluding Super Mario Bros. Three. The, <laughs> um, exception that proves the rule. Right. We, I think Holden's point of like the more granular your scale, the more weight that the perfect score carries. Like if you're on yeah. a five, if you're on a five star scale. Five star, love this game, play it. But that's yeah. like different than like a hundred out of a hundred. And right? three stars looks really good on a five star <laughs> scale. It's like yeah. not bad. Like yeah. oh, three out of yeah. five stars, I'll totally pretty play good. that. But that's a sixty, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like when you convert between scale scoring systems, it gets very messy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we we define a, a ten out of ten as, as masterpiece, and you know our scale is you know ten out of ten, but it's really a hundred point scale because uh, we use decimals. Hmm. Um, it's if if you define it as perfect, you'll never use that score. So why does it exist, right? Um, it, it would be it would be so rare that that it, we would just never actually use it. Actually, I, I I started my career at PC Gamer magazine, where they are on a hundred point scale, but there was a rule that you would never actually use the hundred a hundred out of hundred. That's crazy. Like, I, don't, it never, I don't think I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I don't agree with it either. But that was that was the way the scoring system was set up. We don't use our official score off the charts. Now we have it. We can say, do you <laughs> think this, this game is, a, is a off ten, the charts? A ten point one. <laughs> this yeah. one's off the charts. This one's off the charts. We can say that we discuss it, but we're not allowed to use it. Yeah. I I actually didn't know that was a thing. It hasn't been a thing since I, I've been here. That's because it's a, that's because <laughs> it's made up. It's a complete lie. Yeah. Put one over on uh, holding scores over here. <laughs> um, yeah, can we get the, some music up in here. Elevator action returns right. off the charts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's it's a it's a review score philosophy thing that gets batted around all the time. It's a constant discussion. We actually, uh, if we try to give something that score, it just breaks the site. Yeah. So we really, like, it pages an engineer, a siren goes <laughs> off in engineering, IGN goes down. Yeah, whatever IGN goes down, it's because somebody tried to give it that score. <laughs> uh, so, Dan, if we had a five-star system, do you think we'd see more, more five stars than we see tens? Yes. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, I mean, because you have that granularity, because, yeah. like, if you gave something a 9.5, you would you would 
definitely round that up to a five star. Yeah, we. I also think also stars are pretty. Holden Holden touched on something else that I think is interesting, which like is this which Holden. <laughs> holding hints. Uh, is this the <laughs> That's score? Why I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Can we take a break for one second? <laughs> yeah, dear Please. listeners and viewers. Oh my god. <laughs> Here, I have a five-step plan to happiness. Step one: open Netflix. Step two: go to. I think you should leave. Step three: That's the name of the show. Go to episode five. <laughs> Step. Four, go to the like eleven minute mark. Mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite too. Step five, enjoy. Yeah, there is no step five. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And, you, and thank us later. <laughs> anyway, um, Holden's other point was like, is this a score for you, or is this a score for some like imagined audience of gamers out there? Like, I really like this game a lot. Like, I think it's perfect, but is it responsible of me to give it a 10 out of 10 if I sort of recognize and acknowledge that, mm. you know, maybe it does have some problems that will bother other people more than it bothered me? I mean, I think it's, it, there, it is impossible to give a score that, that will apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So you really have to give it your score um, because you can, like, speculate, like, oh, I, I think, you know, a bunch of people are going to like this, but there's, so I'll, I'll give it a 10, but there's still going to be people who think, like you, that it's not a 10. So one way or the other, you're you're you know misrepresenting it to somebody. Hmm. So the only honest thing to do, as far as I'm concerned, is to say what you think, uh, put it out there. Some people are going to disagree with you, regardless of what you say. Hmm. We haven't given out any tens this year. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Should I take care of that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Kid, Kid Prob- Dracula is it? Based yeah. on Kid Dracula ten. <laughs> based on what you've said so far, probably not. Damn it! What did I say? <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for the review. All right. <laughs> Well, we got to get some tens going up in here. Um, all right, we also we've got some. Uh, oh, I forgot. Sorry. Ooh, uh, that was a Commodore sixty four game. That was great. Called Cobra. Cool. Don't think I've played it, but let me look it up. Um, oh yeah, what's uh, what's our what's our next hint? Sam? Well, oh, I bet that I bet Cobra was ported to the NES. I was gonna say, I bet. well, Cobra Command is. So that's on page yeah. seventy nine. Okay. Okay. What do they you say guys... about the music? <laughs> Let's find out. Well. Not All right. the same so music. So the rating is, as you can see, this is a complex cartridge. Wait. wait didn't <laughs> we just that? read this review? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Hmm. As you can see, this is a complex cartridge with a lot to discover and map. What? This no, is- sorry. That was the last one. Okay. Because <laughs> I read that one earlier. <laughs> that's okay, that's me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cobra Command. An action-filled war game with a versatile helicopter. Okay, an action-filled war game. The versatile helicopter is a welcome change of pace from all the tanks and shirtless Rambo-style mercenaries in other war games. Hmm. Challenge B, graphics B minus, sound effects B. Hmm. Straight Bs. It's better than Hydelide. Yep. We don't talk about war games a lot these days. No. We don't and use that terminology. It means means a different thing. Like It's, it's a very very specific type of, of strategy game. Yeah. I don't know. When he says war game, I don't know what that means in the context of like the mid 80s. Where, where there's a war going on, yeah. and that's in the game. That's Shirt, with shirtless Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. This has genres in it. Best and the genre for this is helicopter shoot 'em up. Oh, okay. Helicopter shoot 'em up. Obviously. Not a lot of those, huh? Like we should put together a helicopter shoot 'em up. Helicopter shoot 'em up. There was the trilogy on the Genesis. What? Helicopter shoot 'em up trilogy? Yeah. The What was it? Desert, Jungle, and not Storm. There's, yeah. And those weren't exclusive to the Genesis there. Oh. Super Nintendo Is that as well. true? There's Jungle Strike, yeah, Desert Strike. Strike. That's what it was. And Urban Strike. Urban think, Strike. So, yeah. Urban Strike? That's not right. <laughs> Labor Strike. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should put together a top 10 list of top 10 uh, helicopter, helicopter shoot-em-ups. 
I'm trying to think of another one. <laughs> another helicopter shoplifter. 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 That's the other one. It's a rescue em up. What's the one on uh, Atari 2600? Was that Chopper Command? Oh, uh, Cobra Command. Co- uh, I think there's a Chopper there's Command. There's the arcade one. There's a first person arcade one. Yeah, but there's also a top down one from Sig Thunderblade. Thunderblade. Yeah, nailed it. That's yeah. a really cool name. Yeah, that's a really cool name. Anyway, uh, there's a new black and white handheld portable gaming system coming early next year. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's really weird. I think it seems really cool too, but it's pretty different. So if you haven't heard about this yet, here we go. Play it out, mate. It's called, yeah, you can go to play.date. Playdate, sorry. The, the system is called Playdate, and it's being brought to us by the people that published Firewatch and the upcoming Goose Game, Untitled, I'm, Untitled Goose Game. I'm so excited for that game. I and love that Goose Waddles. The company's called Panic. They, they're like an app developer, and they've published these two games, and now they wanna, they're going to manufacture this gaming handheld that's very specific. It's black and white. It has a crank on the side, and it will come with 12 games, except you won't get all 12 at the same time. You and get them one per week, and I... The way I understand it is those. That's it. Yeah. Well, they said like the f- the first season of games. They've so left it open ended. Yeah. Okay. Like comes with the season of games. The intention is they're just being very explicit. Like they're not launching an app store or an ecosystem to like make and launch your own games. But they did leave it open ended that you know if it's a success that hey maybe potentially there'll be more games down the line. But how, yeah. do we know how the games will be loaded onto the system? Or are they? Are- well, yeah. So they unlock week by week with you need to be connected to Wi Fi. Yeah, and then each week a new game unlocks. But I don't. I, I suspect it's not downloading. They're probably on the device and it, just unlocking. It costs a hundred. $150. If it doesn't have Wi-Fi, what are they spending that money on? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I don't think, I think it's just an unlock code to unlock the games that are already on your device. Yeah. I forgot um, to mention, it does cost $150. It has a D-pad, two buttons, and the crank, though. And they said some games only use the crank. Some use the D-pad and the crank, so you like crank and D-pad. <laughs> and, and some don't use the crank at all. There's games from all kinds of uh, indie darlings, like Bennett Foddy, who made Getting Over It, is making a device for also this. Also Quop. He did Quop, I think. Yeah. And... Um, and, uh, you guys are just half the games they're going to say are going to be made up. And so Dan, you have to identify the ones that are. <laughs> who's the uh, his name's escaping me. The Japanese developer that did Katamari. Yeah, he they have him. Um, yeah, and and then, his uh, game is the one that was showed off in their announcement that looks really cool. Where first of all, we should say the crank is used as an input device, not, not as not, not as a charger. It. It's not an old tiny. Um, and his is really cool. Power. You're like a you robot. You're a robot, or maybe you're a person that's going on a date, and you can use the crank forward to go forward in time and backwards to go back in time, and you have to kind of arrange them in specific ways. Yeah, looks very neat. Hmm. Yeah, and then uh, the spell tower guy is uh, working on something as well. I really like it. I, I actually really love everything about it except the price. It's a lot. Hundred fifty dollars, yeah. I I think it's ridiculous. Like <laughs> that, that thing's going to end up in your in your desk drawer. You're never going to touch it again. Well, I don't think they're like yes, Dan, but is it art? <laughs> yes. I don't think they're well, mass, the device itself. No, I, I don't think the plan is to mass manufacture it. No. I think they're going to uh, only make uh, a, an amount they're sure that they can sell all at once yeah. because that way. Everyone will get it at the same time, and we'll get the games on the same schedule. And it's a, it's a black and white screen, but we should say like the tech in it is modern. It looks much. It doesn't like, look like a Game Boy. It looks it's much a, better. It's a high, fairly high resolution screen that uh, you know LCD screen that actually looks pretty nice. I wonder if it's a color screen, but they did this just for aesthetic. No, it's not. I think yeah. it's I think it's not used. You, you can just buy like a nice off the shelf black and white LCD screen right now. It's kind of it, neat. Be, it sounds very special, specialized, but I mean, there could be a bunch of a bunch of uh, uses for those things, just in I don't know, in like subway stations or something for signs. So they could have gotten them for or something like, like that. Gas pumps. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's not it's not a traditional like uh, handheld gaming yeah. console. This is meant to be like a 
It's a like, toy. It's like an art piece, yeah. uh, collector's item, that sort of thing. It's, it's like an experimental. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an expensive toy. Yeah, yeah. Sure. the games for it will be very like strange and unique and clever. And mm-hmm. they announced it on the same day that there was announced the Ouya was shutting down forever. Yeah, but they're not coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't think this reminds me of uh, that really artsy Game Boy Advance series of games. Which one? uh, Where they all had like a super. There are six of them, and and they're only in Japan. Well, I think you could import them, but they had a very specific. They had a series name. It was called Um, Art Something. Yeah, something. Yeah, you're right. That's like tickling my memory. Something series. I don't remember. Um, But carry on. I'll look it up. I I can. I just envision myself like cranking that little thing and just like that's just that doesn't seem fun after a little while i think it seems great i, I really I, like it yeah. i i would i would love to see like if, if these games are as clever as they claim they are i'd love to see them more widely distributed is it bit generous? what do you mean oh just on other platforms yeah yeah well we'll see well how do you do what about that crank though i yeah. mean put it on an ipad and let me do this <laughs> you know, bit generations like, like that's not that's not hard so what were the bit generations games so each game here's a picture of what they look like they all were like very artsy and like they have a monotone mm, kind of color I scheme. Them. I remember these. And then they all had a simplicity, a simplicity to them. Mm-hmm. And that's so similar to this. And they're all made by different people. And then it was just like a kind of like, you know, they're cheaper and they're meant to be just kind of beautiful and interesting and not necessarily these big adventure games. What'll be interesting to see what happens with this, the play day, is that uh, people love to take these self-contained devices like the NES Classic, uh, SNES Classic, and mod them mm-hmm. and add more games to them and everything. So I don't know. What will people do? Will they mod it to be a, a Game Boy with a high-res black and white, black and white screen? I think they'll modify Something it like. to be a Game Boy with Castlevania Adventure, and then when you <laughs> crank it, you'll actually walk it at a reasonable place instead of <laughs> the slowest walk imaginable. It doesn't. It doesn't have enough buttons though. It's only got the the D pad and the you know A B button. It doesn't have a That's start all you and need select. For That's Game, Game Boy. Boy. It doesn't have a start and select. Well, how do you do? How do you? Well, I'm sure they. I'm you sure to, they're sorting this out. You have to end. crank forward to start, crank <laughs> backwards to select. Exactly. Very possible. Done. <laughs> Problem solved. I think it's great. I mean, I think I'm seeing a lot of criticism on the internet that's uh like why does this exist um and i don't know that's like that's a pretty myopic view of like it has intrinsic value by just being an object that exists on its own you know it's a gizmo (laughs) and it is art like it uh that's like you know the implication there is like nothing should exist that doesn't increase your productivity at your work in some way like why does a swing exist i think that's that's overthinking a little bit they're just they're just saying i don't want this like this this doesn't appeal to me which Which, is fine yeah i mean like saying why does this exist doesn't doesn't question like you know you shouldn't have made this it's just like saying i'm not interested think about it this way it's a game device that was announced by people who were very upfront with why they invented it they thought it would be cool they wanted to try it Mm -hmm. and they they're not setting up a marketplace they're not setting up microtransactions they're not setting up any kind of scheme that involves money except for just pay for the device and then you just have it like that's Mm -hmm. refreshing that i agree i completely agree and i think the criticism i don't know like we see we see really weird really experimental games that are just like hey i'm gonna try something new Here's some software. Check it out. This is that, but it's a physical thing you can hold. I think people are just being cranky. All right, but Dan, you were being cranky. <laughs> I, I'm, I am, I am skeptical of its of its value. Mm. Like, I, I it's fair. I think, but you're being jolly and skeptical, right? Cranky and skeptical. No, I'm not. I'm not saying burn it to the ground or anything. I'm just saying I'm not really kill them. Right. <laughs> they they should be punished. And let me let me spell out the the sentence. No, uh, I I think. <laughs> Like, like I said, I, I think if these games are as as neat as they say they are, I would like to see more people able to play them without spending one hundred and fifty dollars. So, what's the most you pay for like a bottle of whiskey? 
Uh, the most I've ever paid? No, that you would like to pay. <laughs> I would like to pay. For, for a good bottle. 40, 40 bucks, right? Give or take, yeah. All right. So if you had four bottles of whiskey, would you have more fun than this game? <laughs> right. yeah. Do the math. What if you had very, four bottles of possible. whiskey and this game? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there you go. That's the calculation you have to make, though. Right. Well, I mean, it's, the four bottles of whiskey aren't gonna aren't gonna sit in my desk for for eternity. No, they go really fast in your desk. <laughs> I see that happening. It's definitely expensive. Like as I was reading their website and sort of their sales pitch, I'm like, I'm into this. I like it, and I'm already sort of like mentally tabulating. Like, here's what I would you know want to pay for this. And then I saw 150, and there's definitely that sting of like, ooh, ooh that was outside of the range yeah. of what I what made me interested personally. If in you applied more. the taco math to this, like 150 tacos, dude. <laughs> I, you're gonna you're gonna be able to get one of them or a bunch of them used in like tacos? You know, a few weeks after know, they man. come. Yeah, yeah. Get a used taco. No, no. I, I actually, I, <laughs> I think you are wrong about that. I think the idea of this yeah. is to be obsolete from the start, and it will be more expensive than. Yes, yeah, I agree. Mm, I don't know. I, th- I think I think once people play them and get tired of them, like sure, they're gonna be collectors that hold on to them, but at the same time, there's gonna be a bunch of people that just. Just like I'm done with this. Well, once you take it out of the box, it's not worth anything. So don't do that. <laughs> it, it just it feels like something out of time. Like I don't really feel like companies make things anymore that you can buy, that like you can put on a shelf and buy. Yeah. Um, you know, Tamagotchi just put out a new Tamagotchi, and it yeah. kind of reminded me of this whole process. And when you look at it, it, it like the screen actually is really cool now. And then there's like this little like set around it, and you can like breed, and it was like the whole thing looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so neat to see that kind of self-contained. Yep. Just like just this is just to get an electronic game. It's not it's not video games. It's an electronic game. I think mm. that's cool. I think it's literally a video game. <laughs> what Tamagotchi? Oh, uh, Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Playdate, Playdate seems very interesting. Uh, Dan can just stick with Simon. Looking forward to <laughs> learn more. Pre-orders haven't gone live yet, but it's supposed to ship early 2020. It's the plan right now. Hmm. That's a jam. <laughs> this goes on that, for that's 45 just, That's the helicopter game? <laughs> <laughs> That's the get weapon sound from Mega Man 10. Uh, we were right at the limit of like, <laughs> I just, I, I said, like, what if that just went on for two more minutes? It won't That's seem, like Mega Man powering it's, up. It's not weird at all for the people who listen to the podcast, but for the people who are watching it, it's probably a little, a little bit funny to just watch us sit here for 15 seconds. <laughs> but I don't care. I like the music. Uh, let's check in with listeners. Hey, That's nice. This is Chad from St. Louis. He says, I'm a teacher, and for the last day of school this year, I decided to bring in my Nintendo Switch. Cool teacher. I encouraged students who had controllers to bring them in. School's well. out already? Dude, it's getting close. Yeah. I mean, SF yeah. Unified has like eight days left. Man. Playing eight-player Smash Brothers with my students was an awesome way to close out a year of hard work. I don't think I've ever had a better time gaming than I did for this couple of hours. The bottom six players had to pass controllers in a room full of 30 screaming teenagers. The shouts in the final moments of these battle royales were epic. Mm. Smash was perfect because experienced players won more often, but some newbies were able to clutch out a few dubs in the chaos. My question is this. Have any of you ever had a really cool social gaming experience come together in a surprising or meaningful way that has stuck with you? Mm, good question. Unless the answer is no for all of us. <laughs> I mean, it's always E3 for me. I, I really think of this one where I got thrown in with 
yeah. some randos at a, like the Star Trek VR display and people were having so much fun with it and dancing and it was really, oh yeah really the, great. the Star Trek yeah because um, you're bridge crew when you're in yeah when you're in bridge crew you can see people's arms move so there's just a lot of you know <laughs> malarkey that can happen there yeah that is a good example I played this is a deep cut like E3 2004 I played Pac-Man versus mm-hmm. where one player is Pac-Man and then three other humans play as the ghosts that was Nintendo's entire E3 press conference yeah I know and uh, I played against these Frenchmen. And I was Pac-Man, and they were all the ghosts, and they're all shouting at me in French, <laughs> trying to corner me, and I'm trying to dodge them. And, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I always like at uh, California Extreme, which is a big arcade convention in California here. The biggest uh, on the West Coast? Probably. Um, well, it's hard to say. There's this place in Banning that has like a thousand games, and they open it once a year. It's a private mm-hmm. collection. That's probably the biggest one. Uh, but California Extreme is a great convention, and they always have the game called Warlords. And Warlords is a fir- four-person top-down game where each person is defending a little castle, and then there's a fireball bouncing around between the castles, and you just have a pong paddle that goes around your castle. So you're you're kind of playing four person pong and wearing away at the castles. And you know, if you have four people, you sit down and play. But there's a lot of people there waiting to play games constantly. So you're always rotating in uh, people and playing. It's kind of like playing Foursquare when you're a kid or something. It's really really fun. I have a great memory of doing that. Now this year they're gonna have a game called uh, Star Lord, invented by uh, Mike Micah and uh, my friend uh, Jeremy, who uh, worked on this game at uh, Other Ocean, where we went to the arcade the other day. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and they they made one as big as this table that's six players and feature themed and a knockoff of warlords called star lords i can't wait to play it yeah what's the the status of that game i know it's been like it was it, at california extreme last year but i was not so right. they're going to bring it back this year with some upgrades and it has like cool led flashing and i just wonder how close it is to a commercial oh, you launch saw it. yeah yeah is it ever going to have a commercial launch? no no because it's just like a table that they build. Oh, it's just one yeah i don't think they're ever going to release it anyway well, I think that's the that's the shame. That's not the goal. My social gaming days really were my college days. Yeah. I think that's the the last golden era of social gaming for me. Well, two of my other friends and I had a, we lived in a house that was three bedrooms. But for some reason, uh, my friend and I thought it would be best if he and I shared the largest bedroom upstairs, and then we turned the third bedroom into our gaming room, <laughs> and then we we amassed all the like CRT TVs that we could. So we had like ten of them in there. Jeez. And they were all, I don't even know how we did this now, thinking back then in the late 90s. They were all, we had our Nintendo 64 and a PlayStation in there, and then the image was displayed on every single television. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that. And, so, and it was like, I don't, we must have had like an RCA router or something. Yeah. I don't even really remember. Some kind of image splitter. Uh, and then so our games were Perfect Dark. Was your friend like tech oriented or something? He's handy. He's not yeah. tech oriented, but he's very handy. Figured it out. Yeah. Uh, Perfect fancy. Dark and, uh, no, no. <laughs> Although we were sharing a bedroom for some reason. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, and, I, and like I had no problems with it. I would never think about doing that today. But anyway, even if, even if you had those on different TVs, it's still four player split screen. There's no way to show Perfect Dark as four different screens. I, I mean, I think they were merging the televisions, the b- multiple screens, to be one screen, right? No, we had the same image on every single TV. Mirrored? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So was, uh, I don't I don't really understand the point of that, but there was kind of like a big TV in the center, and then all the smaller TVs sort of around it, <laughs> and it was literally it was literally like the entire wall. It's uh, like ten TVs all stacked on top. But of it was a bunch of four player split screen co op games, just but it yeah, was, yeah. Oh, that's on so every stupid. Image. I love it. Every image. <laughs> Take that utility. It would have been nice if you could route it to one television and then have just your image blown up, like those boxes people used yeah. to make the cardboard yeah. reflectors. Yeah. My uh, I thought of another one. My family growing up had a country music line dancing bar. Yes. And um, they had an arcade. There was an arcade in it. <clears throat> it was our family business. And so I used to go there when I was a kid. You know, I used to have to hang out there because my parents were there. And I would lord over the Street Fighter 2 machine and just dominate 
date all the fucking cowboys that would try to like come over. <laughs> They're all like, you know, half drunk or whatever. It's completely inappropriate in hindsight. I'm like nine, yeah. you know, and like they put out a quarter in the machine and then I just, <laughs> I just like whoop Did ass. Did you have access to the credit button? Yeah. Well, no, I, I they would just give me like a pile of quarters oh, okay. and like just send me up to the arcade. And then um, we had the... We had Donkey Kong, and we had the Super Mario Brothers pinball machine, mm-hmm. and then but then Street Fighter Pretty Two. Rare. Street Fighter Two is like the main thing, and that's what I would do just against all these strange men. <laughs> I, I just remember for for me to just like traditional land party experiences yeah. in high school, we'd get together and play StarCraft. Uh, not you know blissfully unaware at how bad at StarCraft we all were because yeah. we hadn't like gone online and try and tried yeah. to play against people because we couldn't tie up the phone lines. Uh, <laughs> but but you know not not being aware of how good other people are at games mm-hmm. is the best way to play them. That's such yes. a great point. I I used to play Gears of War one actually didn't have matchmaking. It only had uh, like you could only play against your friends, and we had a crew of eight, and that game was four versus four, so it was perfect. Like the eight of us would just play that game every single night. And then when Gears 2 is coming out, we're like, this is going to be the best. It's amazing. We have a squad. This game has, you know, matchmaking now. And we just got dominated by everybody. And, like, it was so, it was such an eye-opening moment for me where I'm like, oh, well, this isn't two teams of equally matched people that are all friends in real life. Yeah. This is way less fun. Yeah. The, bl- the blissful that's, ignorance of, yeah. of the pre-internet matchmaking days. That's been my experience with recent fighting games. I've tried to play, like, Mortal Kombat 11 and Dead or Alive 6. I'm, like, playing through the story modes. Uh, working through all the single player content that there is, like this is great. I'm I'm really getting the hang of this. But the instant you go online and try mm-hmm. to fight somebody, it's just like, what? I can't do anything. I can't <laughs> even land a punch on you. <laughs> Much more fun to play by yourself. <laughs> I was I saw a picture the other day of like my house in 2004 or five, and uh, I had um, had to make the decision then. I remember like to get I got a new television for for playing games on, and it was a flat screen, but it was a CRT flat screen, mm-hmm. and it, I got the four by three instead of the widescreen because Mario Kart. Because Mario Kart, yeah, and and played a lot of Mario Kart on it. It was because you know if you split, it didn't display in widescreen uh, on yeah. GameCube. It only had the four by three display, so like it would have been wasted on a a longer monitor, right? So it was like great, better to get a really nice four by three monitor and see those big games, you know, four panels blown up. Yeah, it looked great. Uh, GameCube man. CRTs are CRTs are coming back for retro gaming. Mm-hmm. I think people who are into retro gaming they're all trying to get a, a good CRT television these days. I'm trying to get that one we talked about on GameScoop a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's so cool. GT one or the prison one, which I've been looking up a lot too. <laughs> the prison? Remind me what happens. It uh, it's common for prisoner for prisons to have clear televisions yeah. because oh, right. so they're per, they're CRTs but they can't like the smuggle anything is in perfectly them? clear. So it's like those cool like 80s phones. You know, yeah. you can see the inside of the phone. And that's what I thought it was. I saw one like a thrift store in Kansas. And I was like, this is amazing. I want this monitor. Like, this is the best one I've ever seen. And then I, I started looking up like clear TVs and I was like, oh, they're all for prisons. I read that prisons get a brand of potato chips that they don't have on the outside. And many oh. prisoners are disappointed. Like, they're bummed out that they come out and those chips aren't like a real thing you can buy. <laughs> they're uh, Federal they, chips. They're called like everything. Like, it just takes whatever flavoring is like you know, at the bottom of the machines and dumps all the flavoring Whoa. onto those chips, you know, and they're like, they're like these everything chips that you can't get on the outside. Whoa. Yeah. They're like Cool Ranch and Nacho. Yeah. It's like we need every- to figure out a way to smuggle those chips out of prison. Mm-hmm. It's a business opportunity. You know, in there. Europe, uh, Cool Ranch is called Cool American. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yes. It's called like cool the Royale American. with cheese. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Cool Ranch is an American invention. <laughs> well, that's true. We can we can confirm that based on the knowledge I just provided. That's why we won the space race. All right, moving on. Jesus. 
Damn. That's Mega Man 8. There's cool American for you. Confirmed. Um, it's a picture of me. Well, <laughs> this next question is not from a cool American. This is from Dave Brown in the UK. Mm-hmm. Well, he I'll says, allow it. he wants to know, where have all the demos gone? I remember in years gone, getting a demo disc with magazines, even occasionally with games. Zone of the Enders had a Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. You do still get the occasional demo, but nowhere near to the extent that you used to. Why do you think this is? Mm. Oh, a bunch of reasons. Um, I mean, putting together a demo is a, is a bunch of work for a development team, and they're these days just balls to the wall trying to get trying to get uh, you know, a last patch done, so they don't want to spend the resources on it. I guess there there have been there have been studies showing that demos don't necessarily increase sales; they actually reduce them. Like people try mm. a game and figure mm-hmm. out, oh, I don't, I don't actually want this. Mm. Um, so it's the the value of them from a you know marketing sales standpoint is questionable. Um, a bunch of games these days have have betas, which are effectively demos. Um, a bunch of services now have like Steam has has a refund policy where you can play two hours of a game and then refund it. Every they, game is a demo. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't do that like all the time, but you can you can do it a lot. Um, and there are still occasional demos. I think there are uh, just from looking through digital stores, the PlayStation Store and the Nintendo eShop. There are still a lot of demos. I was going to say, I available. still feel like I see them a lot. Just I was just gl- glancing this morning on Switch. There are demos for Yoshi's Crafted World, yeah, Pokemon Let's Go, Captain Toad, Katamari Damacy. On PS4, uh, there are demos for Devil May Cry Five, Resident Evil Two, Mega Man Eleven, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Valkyria Chronicles Four. It's so. actually yeah. a pretty good point. I've been thinking about what games my turning five year old might like. You know, I don't want to spend sixty bucks on something she doesn't enjoy. Yeah. Maybe we should check out like a Yoshi. Demo, see how she A lot of those demos, though, come along uh, post-release. Now it mm. used to be they'd come out yeah. way way ahead of release, so you could determine if you if you wanted to to buy that game you know, on day one. But now it's like okay, <coughs> it comes out. They got all the people who were going to buy it on day one, unless they try it and didn't like it. Um, and like now, here's a second push with the marketing. It's like okay, all the people that were holding out to see if they wanted to try it. Now they can try it, and the people that like it will buy it. Yeah, the demo discs and magazines used to be amazing. Yeah, and that was a way I would I stretch saying. my gaming dollar as a youth um, in like yeah. the PS One era. It I, came with games a lot too. Yeah, and that was also like that was the big secret behind Ooh. like official PlayStation magazine was like I think a huge portion of that subscriber base like I didn't care about the magazine at all. I was just trying to get that demo disc that really? it came with every month. Yep. Yeah, wow. And the, the internet killed those. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was I was in charge of putting together the, the, the PC gamer demo desk in in the mid two thousands. You're kidding some, me. That's uh, amazing because I have some questions about how about that process. I they're yeah, <laughs> they're on me. <laughs> well, so what what is the process? How did, how did you cut that part out of the game? <laughs> yeah, are you are you reaching out to publishers asking for demos? Or are they offering them to you? It was both. There were there were there were paid placements, and there were there were also you know when when. You know, they sold as much as they could. Then I would go and scrounge out as much uh, stuff as I could get. Um, by the time I was doing it, it was you know again mid to two thousand, so broadband was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it Did was. Did you insist on floppies? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was it was most of the time a CD, and we were always arguing that that needs. To what be do you mean DVD. most of the time? We well, we need to we need to up this to a DVD because there just isn't uh, enough space. Mm-hmm. Like a single major demo would fill up that CD basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were always arguing that it had to go up to a DVD, but there wasn't there wasn't. Like unless uh, somebody was you know paying to upgrade it, you know that's not cheap to print all those DVDs, hundreds of thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that you know we were stuck with the CD. It's like, well, we can't put that good demo on there this this month. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean so, that that's sad, but yeah, I mean was, just the <laughs> knowledge of how that comes together is wonderful. Yeah, it was a real pain in the butt. Did you ever um, accidentally do the thing where you put the demo out, but it's actually the full game, and somebody <laughs> figures that out? I did not. It happened, uh, though. It, it happened af- after I was no longer in charge of it. Wow, it happened there? Because it happened recently with um, 
what was it? Maybe a Yakuza game or something? Yeah, that happened. Yeah. yeah. It turned out the whole game was on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was just, it was like a demo in the you know, PlayStation Store. They did something the super thing. silly where it was the whole game, but it was just timed. Mm. And then someone immediately figured out how to turn that timer off or something like that. Um, yeah, when the Xbox that happens. when the Xbox 360 launched, um, you know, Xbox Live was like a whole part. Uh, that existed on the OG Xbox, but as an ecosystem that came into its own in the 360 era, and they mandated that every single Xbox 360 game had to have a demo. Yeah. It, was, it was mandatory, and that was, again, that was amazing and so revolutionary for the era where, like, I didn't, you know, I owned, like, two Xbox 360 games for, like, three or four months, but I got by on, like, the, you know, Rockstar Table Tennis demo and other demos like that. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, say what you will about the coming streaming era, but, like, once that happens and you can just, you know, Jump into a game all all willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Like the the days of demos will be dead because you can just start playing it and with a you know time limit on it, mm-hmm. and they'll cut you off when you, and say insert coin to continue basically. Mm-hmm. Or, or you're just paying a service to just access a Netflix type service to have access. Right. Well, and it's, that's two different models. One one is like I subscribe and I can play as much of this like with with the EA's Origin business. Um, you can just play all the games you want for a subscription fee, or you can just jump onto, say, Stadia, and they say, okay, you can play ten minutes of this game or an hour of this game, uh, and then once once that expires, then you have to buy it. I wonder how much of game streaming will be an and instead of an or. Like we talked a lot about Stadia, and you know, some people are more excited about it. Some people think it's really spooky. But I've always been thinking about it in the context of like, you know, replacing a game that you have on your hard drive or a disc that you have. But what if, as you say, like, there's a new Assassin's Creed demo and you're immediately playing it in your browser because the tech hopefully works decently. And at the end of that demo time, it's like, okay, for 15 bucks a month, you can play this game. Or would you like to buy this game or both? Like, I don't know. Maybe it will end up being a little bit more of a situation where, like, I can play it on my phone using their streaming tech, or I still have a local copy at night, you know, on my machine. Yeah, I mean, I think for for the for the immediate future, that's that's going to be the case because other than stuff that that like Google is producing exclusively for Stadia, right? Uh, anything that the third party makes, any Assassin's Creed game or whatever that goes on there, there's they're still they're not going to stop selling that on discs, and no. they're not going to stop selling it on Steam. So it's it's there and you play in, in the case of like Assassin's Creed, um, so it's it's still going to be out there for a long time until Google or whoever else decides it's like okay this is going to be exclusive to streaming uh, because we want to eliminate piracy we want to eliminate uh, secondhand sales. Why don't companies? Why doesn't like a Walmart or an Amazon? You know, you get a physical copy and a digital copy of the same game. Like why why are games so far behind movies where like every Blu-ray comes with like a redeemable digital copy? Yeah, and they, they do that now. They very well may. Yeah. Like as soon as, as soon as Stadia launches and and like Microsoft and Sony get get really serious about it, they they very well may well allow you to do that. Hmm. I uh, there's a whole other class of demo that we all get to play, and they're the industry demos, and I think they're a lot more interesting than the ones the public gets to play. Sometimes they're the same, um, but I really like the idea of a vertical slice, and I, hmm. that's what I'd much prefer. For I don't think streaming platforms will work at all, so I'm not excited about this. <laughs> but uh, I would prefer that you know I would get to play some slice of the game right in the middle of it that's like indicative to me of like where I'll be instead of the first freaking 45 minutes of <laughs> tutorial which are just awful in yep. every game and and we get yeah. to do that and when we go to E3 in a couple of weeks that's the best part of demos at E3 mm. is that they're trying to show a good part of the game and they assume you have a big 
a large amount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so like you're kind of just like thrown in there and there'll be somebody there that maybe tell you or like a instruction seat for the controls, but usually you're just kind of at the mercy of the game and playing a, a section right from the middle. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and with with a streaming thing they just be able to load up whatever save, save state they want and mm-hmm. put you wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Um Although they probably want a tutorial of some kinds in there, in there to, to really acclimate. Because they it. think you're stupid. And in some cases, they're right. <laughs> Speaking of safe states. Dan. Let's share what we've been playing. And Sam and I have been playing a lot of the Castlevania Anniversary Collection mm-hmm. and save stating the heck out of it. <laughs> Kid Dracula, did you beat that stage after I had to go to my meeting? Yeah, yeah. I can save state my way through anything in Castlevania except for Dracula. In Castlevania 1, <laughs> which I probably could do. It was that just is, getting too annoying. That yeah. boss is really hard. What yeah. a game, though. It's a great collection of, of, of just top-notch games. I love all the games in it, except for the Game Boy games. And, uh, <clears> so I it's Castlevania it 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. from the NES. Four, or, and then, well, there's two, the two Game Boy entries, Adventure and Simon's Revenge. Uh, Simon's something. Uh, then four on Super no, Nintendo. No, no, it's not Simon. It's a Christopher Belmont, so... Belmont's Revenge. Belmont's Revenge. That's, That's what it is. Yeah. Four on Super Nintendo, Bloodlines on Genesis, and then Kid Dracula, which was a Famicom game not previously released here. That's very cute and yeah. has a lot of Kid, Kid Dracula is fascinating. Personality. It's a, uh, it's a game that has you know a chibi Dracula, so you're not mm-hmm. playing as you know you're playing as an evil character, and uh, <laughs> because he's a vampire, right? Because he's a vampire, <laughs> and he comes out of his coffin in the beginning, and and he goes to this level that it is Castlevania One's first level. But it's cute, mm-hmm. and it has like the same kind of enemies. Even has like a little clock tower from Castlevania Three, and like torn curtains. And, like it, it has that stuff. And then it's playing this music, which is a major scale version of the minor scale version of I think Dracula, uh, Dracula's Curse's first level. And so you can recognize these kind of, this kind of Castlevania tune, but it's really happy go lucky. It's really yeah. cheerful. Yeah, and it, like it's just crazy. It's like I was telling Dan and. A, this is in my review. I think it's like it feels like a fan mod or just like a mod from that time. They used the engine, they played with it, they stretched it, and they made like basically a Mega Man feeling kind of Castlevania game out of it. It's so what I want to know—it's not fun, <laughs> but it's fascinating. I thought it was—I had fun playing yeah, it. Yeah, it seemed fine. too hard. What I want to know about hard. Kid Dracula is: that, does he grow up or yep. is he like that's, Kristen? That's Dustin what I was trying to tell him about. In that, interview that, with the vampire. It makes no sense yeah, to me. Yeah, because there's a, there's a child vampire. In Who is Kid Dracula? Because mm-hmm. he's not Dracula. And he's not Alucard because Alucard's already pretty old. Yeah. yeah. But Alucard's Dracula's son. Right. So so Dracula didn't have a vampire son. Dracula had a son. Yeah, so wait, 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 wait. So he had <laughs> so a son. Dra- how did Alucard yeah, another son? So, so, also, there's a timeline in this, and it says it's a thousand years in the future. Wait, which <laughs> one? Sense. Kid Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So was Alucard's half human, so is he actually just aging very slowly? I don't... Maybe. Alucard's half human? I mean, all vampires are half or, human. Or is, <laughs> what? Is, is no. he just is he just aging in reserve? Is it reverse? Is this like Benjamin Button vampire? No, no, no. no. I thought Alucard's whole lore was that uh, it was he had his human mom. He's got a human mom. So is he that not a vampire? Right. He's half vampire. Like, no, but bleed. vampires don't breed in that way. <laughs> but maybe Dracula. But they can, can't they? Or can they? Well, not? that's what we're discussing. Yeah. So Kid Dracula could just be a regular baby. So with maybe some vampire qualities. So with, with Blade, his mother was bitten by a vampire while she was pregnant with him, and he was born half-vampire. Oh, okay. That must have that happened with Kid Dracula. Alucard. Kid it, Dracula seems like he's full vampire, though. Yeah. I mean, he, he's Dracula. He has a homing shot. But he's not Dracula. He can turn into a bat. It's right there in his title. <laughs> in his title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Dracula. Maybe, maybe anyway. it is Dracula. Okay. But does he grow Benjamin up? Benjamin Button. 
Uh, no, because this is a thousand years in the future. Yeah. So maybe it is Benjamin Button. <laughs> he grows, he's he grows very, down. very slowly Benjamin Button. He becomes a yeah. <laughs> he becomes a baby Dracula. See, yeah. that, that's a good theory about vampires in general that you know they might seem like they're stopping aging, but maybe they're aging down over thousands of years. Yeah, and he's just very wrinkly. There's no way to know that because we've only known about vampires for a couple hundred years. Yeah. So mm. there's just no way to verify that. <laughs> and they're they're you know evil, but they're also potentially live forever. Mm-hmm. So, do you recommend this collection? I don't think we need to get into that. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I, I absolutely do. I think it's the best recent collection of like the quality of the games. Are just mm-hmm. they're just so mm-hmm. much more fun. It's like the Mega Man collection. I think that's that's a good yeah. point. Uh, Will one through six. Yeah. Like those games are just there's really fun games in there, but I think the quality is higher in this. Mm-hmm. I think there's more good games in this collection than there are in the Mega Man collection because only two and three are really good. But you also have the caveats of like not having a bunch of save states and Yeah, so there's this one whole problem with it. Like you can make emulation awesome now and give people more tools than they would normally have just mm-hmm. playing an NES game. And that's why you would emulate a game now on these contemporary emulators and like maybe play with it. Maybe uh, have a, the rewind button is really fun to have in games now that makes yeah. it so you don't have to constantly save state. This just has a single save state per game. So and it makes a noise that sucks. Um, <laughs> well, it's just a Castlevania sound effect. It's right? like ding, 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 ding. Every time you have to save, it's just like the series of dings. That's and awful. I also noticed based off you playing that the save state is not mapped to. It's not like a quick save state either. You have, you have to pause, pause load it up. Shoulder button, a a a shoulder button. So that the shoulder buttons like... aren't mapped to anything. So why isn't the shoulder like <laughs> right, why right, is right, it yeah, right trigger make... save and left trigger I, I, I think, restore? And like I don't want to accidentally save state. That's for sure. Yeah, but that's, that's why you have multiple save states. Yeah. Seems like they're trying to discourage you from being a total save scummer like you are. What are the game's 30 years old. All right, you want to open this up? <laughs> this is the exact way that Dan plays his favorite game, Fallout. That's not true. Yes, it is. Fallout is the, the main activity you do in Fallout is manipulate a save. <laughs> well, you, you can, you can that do is it. the <laughs> gameplay element of Fallout. You, do, you, you do think what you might, it's a game about talking and shooting. No, it's not. It's a game about saving. <laughs> and you just save over and oh, you have, have 150 saves by the end of it and like you just carefully save your way through that game. I, I only play XCOM 2 on Iron Man. No, no saves coming. All that. Mm. Okay. Can you do that in XCOM? Yes. You can save state? The, like not on Iron you can, you can absolutely save state. In regular yeah. XCOM. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it does make this game pl- the harder games in this playable, but some of the games are totally playable without that. But one more caveat. <laughs> this is everything you need to even start Castlevania 2. You need this issue you of got, Nintendo Power, the Zelda 2 issue. Yeah. This has uh, the counselor's corner in it where they answer questions about Berkeley Mansion and stuff. <laughs> Check out these cute, cute <laughs> gameplay counselors, guys. On. Yeah. These guys look exactly the same. Tina realized this earlier. Like, they look like Sam. They're the yeah. si- but they look like the same man. <laughs> so does Sam. So does the third one. What is up with that? Uh, anyway, this has questions and answers. Uh, these uh, have tips for all the Castlevania games, but this one has two in it. Hmm. How to Win Nintendo Games Volume 3. And then Mastering Nintendo Video Games. This has a big section with maps on it. And then on this- Castlevania 2? Yeah. Hmm. And then Nintendo Game Secrets Greatest Tips. That's the whole title. Nintendo Game Secrets Greatest Tips also has a big spread. You can't so, you can't look up any of this Castlevania Two info online. No, it's only in these, these ancient I know you're ancient joking, tomes. but we tried that. <laughs> we tried yeah. to use a fact to beat Castlevania Two, although to, and it wasn't good enough. It was garbage. To be fair, we were starting lit from a late game save, which or, should make it code. easier. Well, should but 
maybe if we started from the very beginning and just followed along, we would have had a You're yeah. also very drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So <laughs> so, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. We were by Dan's desk and he had, <laughs> he had $40 whiskey. Four <laughs> $40 bottles of whiskey. Uh, Dan, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been messing with the Oculus Quest quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's that, really cool. That thing is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what don't it, you call it the Quaculus now? I do not call it that. You call it. He's thinking about it. <laughs> He's thinking about it. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on that train. So how's the Quaculus? <laughs> it's what what it is is it takes all of the pain out of VR. Mm-hmm. Like you just put it on and you're going. Um, whereas every other every other headset, like there's there you got to mess with the sensors, you got to get you know everything arranged, you got to move the furniture. It's it's this just this is you no longer have to to make a space by your PlayStation or your PC that's big enough to play VR games. You go where the space is, and you put this thing on and you're playing. It's it's like the quality of it is not quite as good. Like the the yeah. image quality of the of the graphics is not quite as good as you'd get when you're hooked up to a PC or a PlayStation Pro or whatever. But uh, when like most of the, the best games on there, Beat Saber, uh, Super Hot, like you don't need super high quality graphics to do it. It's good enough, and being able to do that with no wires, not tripping over wires, mm-hmm. uh, is is great. It's yeah, you're doing that little dance by my desk for a while yeah. there. Yeah. There's a video of that somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I, I really yeah. want. I really want one. Yeah. yeah, really. You're in. I don't have any VR. I've been waiting because like every VR headset had some sort of asterisk or caveat that I'm like, mm, maybe I'll just wait for like one more, you know, v- v- VR revision and yeah. the Quest maybe the device that pulls it all together. Yeah. I mean, this this one has caveats too. It's you know, yeah. it's, it's got it, you're not going to get the. Can we say caveats? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you do ha- you do have the the caveat of of the visual quality not being as high. I'm the, a little this, nervous about the refresh rate. The it's it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make him less nervous. Yeah, uh, it's, like, it's like seventy-two, right? It's like not that great. Seventy-two. Oh, is it? Yeah, I forget what it is, but um, it's it's totally fine. Okay. Um, the the caveat not of the the, the caveat of the of the uh, <laughs> inside-out tracking, which which means it's it's tracking your your hand movement and head movement based on uh, based on cameras that are on the headset itself. Um, so the the issue there is like if you're really swinging your arms around and you can you can actually occlude. Your your hand from your from your face with your body. So if you're putting your hand behind you, it doesn't know where your hand is anymore. Yeah. It's guessing where your hand is, but it, it's not super great at that. So like if you're really swinging around and playing Beat Saber, like you can you can yeah. like lose Eric, sight Eric of it. song style. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's insane at that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can't I can't I can barely clear a, a, a stage on X. Yeah, but you look good while you're doing it. I look fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I play Beat Saber like nobody's watching. Um, <laughs> the Quest but, is, a, I mean, one of the things that I'm in charge of is like our deals column and all of that. And it's been we, through the, the just the statistics of it and audience interest and orders are much, much higher than anything else we've ever seen on the VR front. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a universal truth or if we're going to get some press release about sales data. But it seems like VR has been like this slow and slow and slow and steady ramp up. And then the Quest feels like a breakthrough device. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it gives you... It gives you all the or a lot of the great stuff you you get from only the high end VR headsets, like the the hand tracking is the big thing. Mm-hmm. You get that all of that for four hundred bucks, like, and that's the the sixty four gig version. You can also get the mm-hmm. one hundred twenty eight for five hundred. Um, in my experience, the the install sizes so far have been like everything's under three gigs, mm-hmm. like because the texture resolution is so low, um, or the detail is so low anyway. Um, so everything fits in there pretty small. Like a sixty four gig version is probably gonna be fine. Uh, 
but yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a great experience. And, and the rate of people that have tried it and have said, I yeah. really want this, I'm going to get this, I have, has been, has been yeah. super high. Everyone I've talked to that has used it has been really impressed. Yep. Justin, playing something weird? Yeah, of course I am. What? Yeah, you know me. Yeah. Um, I'm playing a really, really cool, I'm playing it on my iPad. I think it's all over you know, a lot of platforms. This game called Spellsword Cards. And this is what I was telling you about. That's like the single oh, player Hearthstone. Cool, yeah. So it looks and feels like Hearth, like almost like a copy. Like you have your character, and they have an ability, and then you have your cards arrayed on the bottom. But it's single player only, and it doesn't have uh, microtransaction garbage in it. It's like three bucks and go, and it's just a full campaign of you against a series of themed AI opponents. Um, and then in between the campaign missions, you're crafting cards and uh, you know buying them from shopkeepers and sort of crafting your deck. And so. Um, uh, it's for $3, it's got some kind of indie jank in it that you mm. have to be like tolerant of, but it's also really long. Like I've been playing it for many, many hours. Um, and, uh, it'll do things like this enemy is immune to poison. So it's like, take all the poison cards out of your deck and yeah. replace them with something else. Yeah. And, yeah. um, it's really great. And I like that's, I've been wanting someone to like put that spin on Hearthstone, like Blizzard's own single player stuff is like polished and awesome as it is. Wasn't quite as like in depth as like, like I wanted them to do like a big full proper Hearthstone campaign and they never did. So this indie developer stepped up and there's actually two of them on mobile and they are both very good. Spell sword. Yeah. Cool. I'll check it out. Sounds, doesn't sound like a Sammy game. But it sounds like a Damian game. Yeah, and I also started playing Slay the Spire again. I guess I'm doing a lot of cards. Slay the Spire. Right game is so good. It's very, very good. I've been playing that on PS4 myself. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. You didn't share what you're playing. Uh, Castlevania. Yeah. And is this from 4? Slay the Spire. I just played this. This is from 4. Our suggestion this week comes from Benjamin Sanchez. <sighs> Let the questioning face. begin. Yeah, it's so funny. Where where is Benjamin? Where where they're from informs what I think the game is. Benjamin did not tell us where he's from. What the hell? But Benjamin Sanchez is his name. Have you ever played this game before? Me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you win? The game. The game is the answer. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Damon. Have you played this game before? (laughs) That's a really good question. (laughs) Is that is that really a question? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's a new one. It's a new life hack. <laughs> well played. Has Dan played? <laughs> that would actually narrow down a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't well, have Nintendo for these years. And what's the Ven- I, I had NES and uh, NES NES. Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say <laughs> I could make my best guess if you want to ask about Dan. Nah. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a waste Did of Did this quit. come out before 2000? No. Okay. Did this come out before 2010? Yes. 2000s game. Is it a <laughs> is it a platform exclusive? No. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the lost era for Sam. Yeah. No. Is this, no, 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 no. It's PlayStation One. Is uh, Dreamcast PlayStation One. I got this one. But it's just a lot of games. There's just more games every year this area. It's know? it's so fascinating to me that you know you grew up with games, and now obviously you work in this industry, you know a lot about it. But you have this gap where like you just weren't yeah. into video games. Like, what was Pear's gap? He was talking about the other day. The NES. The NES. Yeah. He just wasn't playing games yeah. in the he NES. He had games era. before it and then games after, but he doesn't know NES games. So he was, he, that's why he makes fun of Mega Man all the time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> do you feel motivated like, to like go back? It. Do you want to like look at our top 25 PS1 games and like chew through them sometime? I, like, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except I wanted to do that with the mini and it turned out to be crappy. Yeah, that's <laughs> The true. PlayStation crappy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, was this on um, the uh, Wii era of consoles? 
What is that? We in three sixty and PS Wii sixty. Wii sixty. Yes. Okay. Cool. That's was this on the Wii? No. Okay. That's six questions. There's nothing good on the Wii. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We gave out a couple of tens on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and not under your supervision. Nope. <laughs> I think before Skyward Sword might have been. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. That was Dan. Before my time. Before my time. Dan. You were here, but not doing. Yeah, he was in the office, in the building. You didn't so, prevent it. You, yeah. <laughs> you still let it happen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's on me. <laughs> so did all of us. All four of us were here. Oh, I, I tried to stop it. Yeah. I was actively in conversations about stopping it. Um, okay, so it's not Skyward Sword. We know that. Uh, okay. Was this game developed in America, the United States? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound was like it, he's going to say hold that. On, hold was on. it in Puerto Rico? What's going on? <laughs> in the United States. Oh, man. I don't. It might be a Ubisoft game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer it. Okay. okay. I don't know if it was developed in the United States or not. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that suggests an international publisher with, yeah. with the. Or a U.S. publisher. Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, does this game have realistic graphics? Um. Yeah, if if that's in a yes or no world, yes. <laughs> that just means not not uh, cell shaded right. or artsy or whatever. Hmm. Uh, does it have multiplayer? No. Mm. Single P's. Only one P. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does this game take place on Earth? <laughs> Why is that so funny? Because <laughs> this has been a discussion before. Yes. Oh wait. Oh wait. Wait. What was the discussion? Before? Well, we, I asked. It, it was a the answer ended up being a Batman game, and I asked if it take pl- place in the United States, and Damon said no. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was two and a half years ago, and I'm still salty about it to this day. Is this game based on a license? <laughs> yes. Oh boy, okay. that's ten. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Wait, I already forgot what you said about the United States. You said no. You said no. I said it, it takes place in the United States. Okay. No, no, you said in. <laughs> Yeah, I like but that. I don't know if on it was developed. Oh, no, no, you did not say that. You said it takes place on Earth. Oh, Earth. Earth. Does it take place on Earth? That was the question? Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's licensed. This should be really good. So we, can, we can get there. So it's not, it doesn't take place on Middle Earth. No. Is it based <laughs> off of... Well, uh, good. Would this be considered like a comic book or superhero game? Yes. Okay. I mean... But it's not going to be Batman again. What what's Arkham Asylum, right? Well, we've had those on the like that was the one that was the one where you said no, it didn't take oh, place really? in the United well, States. Well, maybe it's one of those anyway. I mean, uh, yeah, we've had repeats. So is this could, a Batman game? Yes. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> Do we just repeat? Well, I mean, it could be City or whatever. Yeah, is I this mean, the I, start of a series? Yes. Okay. okay is, is this Batman Arkham Asylum? Yes. Oh, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I guess I sort of gave it away with my... I didn't want to get wrapped <laughs> well, up in I, that again. I didn't remember that, so that's crazy. <laughs> that was a whole controversy. That. <laughs> yeah. But that was like earlier days of 20 questions when I was being very literal. And I think if you know if you were to ask me that question today, I would have, I would say yes. Yeah, it's it's DC's version of Earth, right? Well, yeah. I mean, like, the argument of like, well, Gotham's not a real city. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, like what? <laughs> it's not in my, you know, to get back, I don't want to get back into you, it. You said, at the you time it was, show me on a map yep. where, back, yeah. where Gotham yeah. is. It, at the time I was, it's not literally the United States, it's a fictional version of the United States, but I, I, 
Today, I would be much more lenient with my answering <laughs> of the question. So, yes, Batman: Arkham Asylum. Did you play that one, Dan? I did. It's great. Right? It was See, fantastic. I game. would have guessed. I would have guessed that Dan had played that game. That it's game? a trilogy. Maybe this summer, if it's slow. Like I keep meaning to go back to it. Hmm. That game, arguably a ten. I yeah yeah. Dude. I would I would Definitely go for Asylum a ten, but I did not like the sequels as much as other people. No, yeah, I I'm, Asylum's my favorite of those. I, it's funny to see, like it was really split. Four. Like Asylum and City mm-hmm. were like right there neck and neck. And I actually four. what? Well, oh, Origins? Origins nah. Count. nah, it counts. I feel like people have come back around and Asylum's pulled ahead. Oh, now. so is Rock City in the United States? Uh, no, no, they're they're in the UK. They're British. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if they're. Yeah, that's interesting. Canadian or <laughs> so is Gotham in the UK? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's fictional version of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we do it? We did it. Thank you for the suggestion, Benjamin Sanchez. If you have your own 20 questions, suggestions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. That's where you can send all your questions for us as well. And that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you for playing, everybody. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Sam, give us one more uh, uh, all right. review so from I was gonna How to Win a Nintendo Games. I was going to review of Burger Time, but oh, instead yeah. I'm going straight to Bad Dudes. Bad Dudes. Obviously, and yeah. <clears throat> Here we go. All right, rating. The fighting is fun, and the choice of weapons provides some variety. Overall, though, there's a sameness to the levels, which makes this one ultimately a disappointment. Oh. Challenge C, graphics B+, sound effects B-. Uh, graphics get an excellent scenery bonus, mm. which we give out still. Excellent scenery, scenery bonus. Scenery excellent bonus. scenery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, ultimately a disappointment in this reviewer's eyes is a C, B+, and a B-. minus. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, it's a disappointment. He's a, he's a tiger mom. Now, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, <laughs> a disappointment to my parents, maybe, getting a C, a B, and minus a uh, B+. But you're making the classic mistake where the individual elements don't don't average out don't to average the overall out. score. And there is no overall score. Yeah, so there is no overall, overall score. score is ultimately disappointing. Oh, my God. That reminds me of how... Oh my God! IGN's yeah. old review system when that, we rated the graphics and sound, yeah. and then it would say not an, not an average. average. And I, for the longest time, I thought it was saying He's this is not this is not an average game or this is an above <laughs> average game. You would need to. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Remember my five step plan to happiness, everybody. Uh, this is, my name is Damon. This is IGN Games Group, and we're out. <laughs>
In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down, no filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.